0: a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to Sexology Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things relating to love, intimacy, and sexual exploration. This is your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Buckle up, because today we're journeying into a mystical realm that's been capturing imaginations for centuries, the world of tantric sex. Our guide for this trip is none other than Andrea Balboni, a renowned sex, love, and couples coach at Zoe Clues and Associates. Andrea is a true guru in transforming conflicts and challenges into deep connection, understanding, and love. Specializing in fostering thriving and deeply satisfying intimacy, she also empowers singles to step confidently into the dating scene and creating new healthy relationships. As we delve into the mysteries of Tantric sex, Andrea will address questions such as how Tantra differs from our conventional understanding of sexual intimacy, the physical and emotional benefits of practicing Tantric sex, and some useful practices to introduce beginners to this transformative form of intimacy. But before we dive in, let's take a moment to appreciate the support of our sponsor, the Sexual Health Alliance. I am so excited for this program. It happened that I discovered them for myself through the email I received from Dr. Justin Miller, and I went to a Berlin study abroad program with them. And it was wonderful. It blew my mind. I honestly went because I thought, okay, I, I might learn some stuff and I can write it off for taxes. But it went above and beyond my expectation. The content was great. The community was strong. It was so good that I reached reached out to the one of the founder. I said, "This is a great program. I have heard from you guys in the past about you guys in the past, but why are you not advertising?" And and Heather was telling me it was just go based on word of mouth, people find us. And I insisted that, no, you need to advertise. This is so good. So if you're passionate about building a career in sexuality, Sexual Health Alliance is the ideal platform for you. From comprehensive certifications to engaging events and self-paced online training, they've got everything covered. Also, they have one of the best supervisors. So it seems like they go around and find them amazing expert many of their teachers and supervisors been in our podcast and they are definitely a leader in our field so if you are interested to either get CEUs or you want to become a certified sex therapist definitely go to sexualhealthalliance.com today and start building the sexuality career of your dream. So, prepare yourself for a dive into the deeply spiritual and yet exciting world of tantric sex as we explore the hows, the whys, and the vows of this age old practice with the amazing Andrea Balboni. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to welcome. Andrea Balboni to our show. Andrea, welcome to our show. Hello, thank you. It's great to be here. One of the things that I often hear many of our listeners are curious about is about tantric practices. I know that tantra can be a way of life. That's how kind of people can move through life with tantric practices. But so many people are curious about tantric sex. We see it everywhere, but I'm not sure we have. The great understanding of what that does that entail. Can you tell us more about that?
1: It's funny that you say that because it's one of those topics that people are so interested in and want to know more, but they really don't have any idea what they need to or want to know more about. (laughs) So when we hear the word Tantra, the word Tantra, we have sometimes come with different ideas about what it is, lovemaking for hours and hours and all sorts of amazing things happen, but we're not really sure what those are. So... So Tantra, how it's practiced today, really simply, is a more mindful way of practicing sex and intimacy. So really, really simply put, it's about bringing presence to sex. It fosters greater intimacy with your partner. And then for those people who are open to it, there is a doorway into expanding your experience energetically with a partner, which we don't always do or talk about so much, but that's changing. And then it's also a gateway to spiritual awakening or enlightenment, if you will. So those opportunities are there and very, very simply can just be a way to connect more meaningfully with your partner.
0: Beautiful. You know, it's funny that you said people don't have an idea at times what it entails. I was doing this kind of an intake with a couple. And when I do intake for a couple, part of the session, I meet with them separately and when I met with the husband, he said like, you know, I, I want to really kind of deepen my love for my partner. I want to do more of Tantra. And when I met with the wife, she said like, now he just wanted to get it done. He's not interested in being present. I was like, no, he he just said he want to do more of a Tantric experiences. And she was funny. She said like for him, Tantra is Kama Sutra, <laughs> positions of Kama Sutra doing that. So it's, Even within couples, that kind of understanding could be different. Can you tell us a little bit about how tantric kind of sex might be different than kind of the other type of sexual intimacy experiences?
1: Yeah. So you've already kind of named one of them. (laughs) So it is taking more time in the stage of foreplay, let's say, and just slowing everything way down so that you can experience more in the moment with the person that you're with. And I would say also, it's not that the guy was necessarily wrong when he shared that he wanted to try different positions, because in Tantra, there are actually a couple of positions, a few positions that can enhance the experience of energy flow (laughs) and expanding to states, expanded state consciousness, which may not have been his intention necessarily. But it also is a beautiful, for me anyway, my experience of Tantra is that it's really allowed for a wider playing field in what is available to us in the bedroom as far as positions, let's say, and things to try. It makes everything much more okay and acceptable if it's good for both people. It also expands the emotional range that you are allowed let's say, to experience in the bedroom. So if you're crying, if you're angry, if you're laughing, if you're joyful, it's all welcome. And so it really is expansive in so many different ways, which makes it a beautiful and unique, I think, way of having sex and experiencing intimacy. Because generally, as we know, many people's idea of good sex is Hollywood sex or the the money moment, you know, that moment where everything is, we're orgasming together, everything's happening. And it's kind of so much less about that
0: and so much more, not necessarily not about that, but more about a lot of other things as well. I agree with you. And I think slowing down part might feel for some people boring or not as valuable, but it's surprising what shows up when you slow down. I haven't experimented with more of a expansive tantric sexual encounters but one of the things that I have experienced with that there are like I don't know if you're familiar with ASAC so it's a organization for sex therapists and educators and they have like annual conferences and as part of the annual conference there is this opportunity of you doing tantric morning workshop sessions with colleagues with friends and it's very beautiful and what if is like throughout the years, I paired with different colleagues, and I think most of the time I paired with people I know, right? Because I feel it's significantly easier. And as a psychologist, I feel I'm attuned with interpersonal things and what's what is happening. But when we're doing the tantric breathing and really slowing down, it's very interesting that it opens up another layer of interpersonal interaction. Like I've noticed, I noticed things that just not, I haven't noticed before or with a colleague that I didn't even know about their sexual orientation. And it was like very interesting. And I was like, why are they kind of uncomfortable with this? And so we talked about it and it's just so interesting. And it, I, I, at times I've done tantric breathing with my husband and it is very, can be very great way of connecting because I think in our life, day-to-day life, We're always go, go, go. And I think pivoting from everyday to the sexual space can be also challenging for couples. So for people who are beginners and they want to explore tantric sex, where should they start? Well, slowing down is a great place to start for sure.
1: And then there are practice, intimacy practices that you can do to get you ready. Let's say for a slower way of making love, of having sex, elongating the pleasure. So it's kind of also a reframe of the slowing down. What it does is it expands the space that there is for you to experience a wider range of pleasure. So it can take a little minute to get used to slowing down for one and having that feel okay and getting comfortable in it. So any kind of general meditation or mindfulness practice can tend to do that for people. For people who need to have tried meditation, like it's just not for me, I need to move. Moving is okay. What I would suggest is attempting, (laughs) giving it a try, but moving at a slower pace. So instead of going out for a run, doing a walking, walking meditation. So for those people who are open to mindfulness and meditation and are beginning there, okay, what's, what it would it be like to expand on that practice? And for people who like movement as their meditation, what would it be like to slow down that movement so that you feel your feet passing on the floor over the grass or in your shoes more? It's, it's really dropping more and more into the present in whatever way feels accessible to you now and then expanding on that. So that's a great place to start, place that you're already kind of comfortable in and experimenting with what it's like to be
0: at a different pace and
1: more present in that space. Great place to
0: start. Such a beautiful suggestion. During COVID, I started doing mindful runs and it's just, it's interesting what you start to notice inside when you slow down and kind of like practice kind of grounding and being present. I know that there are different scripts when it comes to tantric practices. Like if someone tells me like, what does, what does sex entail? I can give them like a thousand different answers, Mm -hmm. but what is a common tantric sex script? Like, is there a kind of start with some kind of breathing at the beginning and then transition to some kind of sexual touch? Like, again, what would be something that you have seen over and over with the scripts?
1: So more than, I would say, a transliteration of scripts would kind of be ritual in a space of tantra. Ritual is a beautiful thing because as humans, we love it. We know that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end with ritual. And that container of knowing there's a beginning, a middle, and an end allows us to really relax into the space. And that relaxation, that sense of safety, I know that you know this well, is such a key. It's the sexiest thing in sex. (laughs) Oftentimes, they're the kind of sex most people come to people like us for, right? This kind of being able to really drop into pleasure, to drop it fully into orgasm, orgasmic bliss and these kind of ecstasy states, yeah? So that ritual will come time and time again in tantrum, and it's... Has a dual purpose. So the first purpose can be creating a container of safety, the predictability, and that container can look like anything you want. So a couple can design the beginning, the middle, and the end in whatever way that they want. A beginning could be bringing your nervous systems into regulation, co-regulation when you're doing the the breathing practice together. Eye gazing is another great way to bring. Can be very challenging. People think eye gazing is a simple practice. You're just looking on someone else's eyes. But actually, when people sit down and do it, couples that I coach through with it, it's a very, very, let's say, advanced practice, actually. So a simpler way of kind of coming, opening, maybe a session is to begin to breathe together, putting your hand on your heart, one hand on your heart, the other person, the other hand on the other person's heart and synchronizing the breath. Brings your nervous systems into regulation and brings you both into the same kind of energetic space. That would be an opening, (laughs) Then the body of the session would be a lot of slower sex, let's say, foreplay that's extended and then delayed. Usually we delay gratification, delay ejaculation if it's a man or orgasm, if it's a woman to really extend out that pleasure period. And then a closing could be a gratitude practice or an acknowledgement of the other person. So it's a very, very simple ritual. That would be the container for a sacred, and that also brings us into the space of the sacred. So that was the second thing I wanted to mention: was that elevation into a space of having that lovemaking session or that ritual of a connection with another person, elevated to a different kind of a higher ground, if you will. And that's when it becomes sacred. That's when it can start to feel spiritual for some people who are open to that. Things really do shift. Your experience really will shift.
0: I love that because I agree with you. Ritual can be such a valuable thing, even when people don't want to practice Tantra. And I didn't know about the gratitude practice, right? It's such a beautiful way of closing the kind of sexual experience, kind of like bringing that element to it. And you're right, eye gazing can be very challenging. So I know that for therapists, almost I feel like any workshop, any conference I've attended in past two years it requires like, there's a part of it that we practice eye gazing. And for us, it's just like, I feel significantly easier. But my husband is another, like, is in medical field. I was like, I cannot believe that you go at these conferences and just gaze on people's eyes. He was saying that like, I would, I, we, none of us would be able to do it. <laughs> like gazing on a stranger's eyes. And as he said, so many things can unfold for people with emotions, with at times like compassion, gratitude, the strong connection that I felt with colleagues because of that practice can be very powerful i'm gonna ask the question that one of my clients asked like so he attended a tantric practice and he said that they was talking about the middle script and he's a cisgender man i was like are men able to and he has lots of anxiety about erectile unpredictability that our men are able to maintain an erection how does that work is that is that most people engage in intercourse can you tell us more about that as
1: you know, <laughs> the, the psychosexual uh, experience is complex. So sex happens on all levels of our being, especially when you begin to open up to the energetic space and the spiritual as well, which is what Tantra allows for. However, if we even just want to speak about what's happening in your physical body, what's happening on a, an emotional level, what's happening on a psychological level, so the mind's level. And then I would also, it's very interesting to, to, to feel into, is that energetic level as well, the energy that's passing through one a person's body, yeah? So as men develop their sensitivity to working with the energetic energy and the energy flow in their bodies, they tend to gain better sense of mastery of this energy that moves through their body. Yeah. So the energetic flow and coming, becoming conversant with and understanding how that flow moves through the body can really have, help shift the physical experience then of erection and also of ejaculatory choice. So it becomes a choice rather than a de facto or something that feels quite doesn't doesn't feel like a choice for many men, whether it's through delay, whether their ejaculation is delayed, or premature, just do not feel like they have choice. It does take practice. And there can also be, as you know, the psychological, psychological implications of things as well. So it's not just all of those factors, body, heart, emotion, experiences that a person's had in their lifetime in the past psychological stuff completely unrelated to sex can also come in oftentimes and then the energetic factors as well and then the relational <laughs> so it's quite a complex there's so many different levers to kind of work with and things to to be with however what i've seen is the benefit of the practices the tantric practices especially the breath work using breath work as well learning about this energy flow and Working with it can really support so many different layers and ways of being with this, the challenges that people have in the bedroom. It opens up more gate, more doors to solutioning, let's say, or I love the word solutioning. I prefer to think of it as more choice for what feels the best way to move through what the person's experiencing so they can have more of the
0: experiences they desire. Beautiful. And that completely makes sense because one of the practices that I share at time with my clients with erectile kind of like challenges, performance, anxiety is like this practice of mindfulness. Because sometimes you have issues because as I mentioned, you are thinking about other things or maybe you're anxious and you're just caught in your thoughts and you're trying to control like ejaculation, all of that, that can actually speed things up. But if you are kind of really slowing down, re- really present to your senses, I can imagine that that can help you to either improve your perf- quote-unquote performance, or it can give you information that like, what what is present? Like, if is it anxiety? Is it sadness? Is it relational issues? So you can work on it. So I I, I it sounds like it's a great practice for most people to at least try it a few times or work with the practitioner, so they can kind of see if that is a match for them or not. I know we talked a lot about potential physical and emotional benefits. Is that anything else that we haven't talked about in that round? Physical and emotional benefits. Deeper states
1: of relaxation, for sure, which can be physically you can feel. Because you're opening your body up to pleasure in a new way, the benefits of (laughs) the chemical shifts that happen I would say no, this is not a scientific proven anything, but the physical experience is a full body orgasm and that's available to men as well as women. And so that experience of bliss, of beauty, of elevated states of being can be transformative to someone on a physical and emotional and then also potentially spiritual level. So. Other emotional benefits are definitely more connection with your partner, more experience of intimacy and connectedness and closeness, which a lot of people are desiring. When you drop into being with someone on all of these different levels and ways of being, then we don't often get to touch or experience with many people in the world, oftentimes in a lifetime, even with our partners. There's something that does shift in how you go about to life, actually, because you know your body, you know your heart, you know your mind, you know your energy in a whole new way, in an expanded way. The confidence, the natural ease of being in the world is definitely amplified for sure. So confidence increases, surety increases, certainty increases. All of these things that are very much, we have kind of the opposite thing happening a lot of times. We're anxious, we're nervous, we're not sure, we're uncertain, we're living in a uncertain world. So it really can be a beautiful, definitely not a remedy, but it can be a salve and a supporter for us moving through the world. Today's world as lower full versions of ourselves, more contented versions of ourselves and more powerful, empowered versions of ourselves. Whether we live that in a big, bright way, or in a slow, quiet way, however we we want to live our
0: lives. Beautiful. And I think again, like it's slowing down, kind of practicing this, even like practicing something new with your partner that has an element of mindfulness, right? I think that can be very connecting. And also it can give you so much data about what is happening. Because I even at times ask people if you're attracted to your partner and they cannot answer that. So I think kind of like experiencing kind of that spiritual energetic connection maybe can give us some more data and on that realm. So for people that are beginners and they want to kind of like practice maybe something specific, exercise or something that they can do to kind of like get a flavor of what, what tantric practices look like, what do you recommend them to do? So- Tantric massage is a beautiful way.
1: In tantra in general, this is kind of an interweaving of a couple of practices, but it's they're both accessible and pretty easy. In tantric massage, what we do is we first take away the goal of orgasm completely. So you're going to give your partner a beautiful, sensual, possibly even sexual to some degree massage without that goal of orgasm. Take it off the, off the chart. And then as you are, to simplify it, with sensual tantric massage, being very present, very mindful, and very slow, moving from the outer parts of the person towards the heart center, towards the sex center, very last. And you're also incorporating the five senses. So we love sensory experience in tantra. We love feeling really grounded and on the earth and enjoying all of the physical pleasures of the earth as well so moving through the fine senses if you're the partner giving you want to think about your the gift that you're about to give your partner so what would they love to taste would it be chocolate or some fruits or something what would they love to smell is there a scent or a candle or some sort of your perfume or something just you and surrounding creating an experience again for all the senses People are up like visual. What do you do for that? Some people like to blindfold their partner, and then other people like to show up in beautiful lingerie or nothing at all. And that's the beautiful gift of sight for people who aren't sighted. Then you can work with describers or, or other things to kind of give that experience if you'd like. So, surrounding, creating again creates almost like a little ritualistic space in which to give and receive the massage. That is such a great practice because it, when you, engage all of the senses then it helps with that helps to relax more into the slowing downness which can be challenging for people but they have things that are stimulating and that smell good and that taste good and that sound delicious and that feel good so it can help really drop into the sensuality of the moment and then taking the goal out is it's just it's a new way of thinking about being with another essentially in, in an intimate space that takes the pressure off and then observing what happens when that happens when we do that how is that experience different from when there may be that pressure or that goal that that you're moving towards so that's one of my favorite favorite ways to start because i love touch (laughs) so for me it's it's what central massage tantric massage in particular where it's so slow and so many different parts of you are being awakened and there's no pressure to have anything be a certain way at all. You're just there to enjoy it. it. Is stunning? It's beautiful. It's one of my favorites.
0: Thank you so much for that offering. That sounds so delicious and beautiful. As you can see, like for me, taste is <laughs> taste is what I <laughs> yeah I'm really attuned with. And it seems like I think I love the idea of not being it, not kind of like arousal or orgasm focus because I think like. Sometimes people might kind of like their partner give them the most beautiful touch or kind of wars, but because they're just so anxious, whether if they're kind of like they have performance anxiety, both women and men, or they're so distracted because of kind of like thinking about what if I don't orgasm, all oh, well, of those things that many people are struggling with it. But thinking about this is a kind of experience on its own, it's a gift. I think that that is such a beautiful way of looking at it. So, Can you recommend any resources, books, courses for couples who are interested in exploring Tantra further? So I guide couples if they need
1: to be coached. I guide them through different practices and also deeper understanding of things. So working with a coach or a therapist who does work in this way is great. And then the person that I learned from Layla Martin is fantastic. And she's got loads of videos on YouTube that you can watch in a few courses that might be interesting as well. She's great. And then I love, there's a book called Urban Tantra by, you know, it, yeah, I can see you nodding. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. There's a fresh, modern look at Tantra. There's some beautiful practices, some of which we've already spoken to today. That is a fantastic way to start a great handbook. And then if you want to get more deeply into the, the energetics of things and extended states of orgasm and the science behind it, then I highly recommend the multi, multi-orgasmic woman, multi-orgasmic man, or multi-orgasmic couple. For all of them, Montap Chia partners up with some Western doctors on those books, and they're great. They're amazing. So it's a good balance of East and West. and. Yeah, great. if you want to get a little more typical, then they're a great place
0: to, to start. Amazing. We had the author of Arab and Tantra on our show and she talked about her kind of like practices and the book. I, whenever I do an interview, I read people's book and it was very beautiful and helpful because again, sometimes when talk, people talk about Tantra, they talk about ancient practices, We I see tremendous value in knowing the history. But sometimes people want to say, how can I apply it here and now? So speaking of that, if people want to kind of like incorporate that in the relationship couples, what kind of a commitment in terms of time and mental readiness it requires for a beginner?
1: So it's your curious and you're open, then you're ready. And then it is a practice and it's a lifelong practice. So we say practice, we mean you don't have to come in at any level. You don't have to leave at any level. It's a practice. So it's something that you do to... It's a tool for exploration. So there isn't really any kind of prerequisite for it other than an open heart, an open mind and a willingness to to learn and to experience things. Tantra, though I have been taught it again and again, is highly experiential. So even if you have a a teacher or someone who is guiding, they'll always say, and what's your experience and how are you experiencing this and what are you noticing within yourself? Rather than imposing and kind of, well, I could say that and then you could argue that today I've kind of (laughs) described things that, right? But it's it's sort of up to you to experience and then it's a choice as well. Is this working for me? Does this feel good? Or is there something else that might work better or feel better for me? So, so yeah, it's a tool with many beautiful things. And if it doesn't work for you, that's okay too.
0: Andrea, I see that you know a lot about this. I I know you wrote about this content. That's how I got connected with you. So if our listeners want to learn more from you and from your coaches, coaching practices, what are some of the places they can access your information?
1: So I am an associate with Zoe Clues. Zoe Clues, an associate in London. And also I have a website, so there's a blog on my website, there's information on there, and I am gifting to anyone who's listening to this podcast, so there will be a, a gift. So there'll be three practices, guided practices in there, and a whole lot of information, much of which we've spoken to today and then a bit more. So... Check the show notes, I would say. We're going to pop the links in there. And also feel free to DM me, email me, reach out, say hello. I love to hear from people and answer any questions that might have come up for
0: anyone that didn't get answered today. I'm happy to, to respond. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. And link to Andrea's resource will be in the show notes. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Well, dear listeners, our journey into the mystical world of tantric sex is coming to an end for today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Special thanks to Andrea Balboni for guiding us through these intimate paths. But before we sign off, a shout out to our generous sponsor, the Sexual Health Alliance. Want to delve even deeper in the world of human sexuality, Sexual Health Alliance is a great program for you. Oftentimes, people ask me how I can become a sex therapist. And if you are not going through a good, solid program, it definitely can be a long, confusing path. Most people get certification for their sexual counselor, educated therapist through ASAC. And getting your ASAC certification might seem challenging. But Sexual Health Alliance makes it incredibly approachable and, and reaching. I can personally attest to their top-notch courses and training programs as I enjoy them a lot. Check out sexualhealthalliance.com and start building a strong foundation for a career in sexuality, making those certification requirements a breeze. Stay sexy, stay curious, and remember the journey to sexual enlightenment is exciting as a destination. Until next time, that is your host signing off. Keep exploring. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.